we're in a series called Storms, and today I'm talking to you about in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the storm. Uh, this is a continuation from our message last week. Uh, we kicked off a series last week called Storms. It's going to be a four-week uh, teaching series on, on just kind of navigating through life's challenges and overcoming life's challenges. And, and if you missed like last week, I want to just kind of help you connect the dots a bit and give you just a little bit of review of last week. Really encourage you to go back and watch the message. They are archived on our website, peopleschurch.tv. You can watch it. Uh, you can download it on your uh, iPod, so on and so forth, and be able to listen to that message. I really believe it will be beneficial to you. Uh, but last week we studied, we started, started studying Acts chapter 27, and we, we looked at verse 13 through verse 44, so we covered a lot of ground last week as we dove into this text. And I titled last week's message, Broken Pieces, Broken pieces. And, and uh, here, here, here are the points from last week. Just, I, I shared with you three points uh, regarding this text. And, and, the, and the points were based on this storm. These, the, there are over 200 men on this ship, and they encountered this massive storm that lasted for days and days and days. And, and as they were in the midst of the storm, in the middle of the storm, here, here's what we learned about uh, the storm was this. Number one, recognize you can make it through the worst of storms. You can make it through the worst of storms. So we learned last week that you can make it through the storm, and I taught about that last week. And then the second thing that we, we, we learned from the text last week was recognize the presence of a storm doesn't mean the absence of God. So we, we, we learned last week, don't allow the presence of the storm make you doubt the presence of the Lord. And so we taught you about that last week. Just because you're in a storm doesn't mean that God is not with you in the midst of the storm. If you are a child of God, God is with you in the middle of your storm. And we taught you about that last week. And, and then third of all, last week, we, we, I, I taught you recognize you can make it to your destination on what you have left. And we talked about how the storm broke the ship into pieces. And even though these men were planning on making it to their destination on the ship, well, the ship was destroyed, but God can take you to where he wants you to be on broken pieces. And so we, we taught you about that last week on how even though your ship may break in life, that you can still make it to your destination because all God needs is a piece. And he can still get you to your destination. So we, we unpacked that for you last week. And th there's just so much richness in this text. There was so much that God was speaking to me from this text. I just wanted to dive back in this week with a part two and dive back into Acts 27 again. Today, I want to give you four survival strategies while in the midst of the storm. Four survival strategies while in the midst of the storm. Now, I love it when we ride to our destination on broken pieces. I love when we arrive at the destination and God did it with broken pieces and we go, praise God, we made it. It's awesome. God showed up. He, he worked all things together for the good. I love those moments, but, but I want to talk to you about when you're in the midst of the storm. When, when your ship is being battered and life is hard. And you haven't made it to your destination on broken pieces. I want to talk to you about how to survive in the midst of the storm. Number one is this. Pray through the storm. Pray. You want to make it through the midst of the storm? A survival strategy is pray through the storm. And we're just going to unpack this text in Acts 27 together again. Acts 27 verse 17 says this. So the men hoisted it aboard. 
Then they passed ropes under the ship itself to hold it together. So the ship was falling apart. They had to put ropes under the ship to hold it together. Sometimes that's life. Things are falling apart and you're trying to hold it together. It says because they were, that they were afraid they would run aground on the sandbars, sandbars of Sirtis. They lowered the sea anchor and let the ship be driven along. We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. The things that they really needed for the long journey, they began to throw it overboard because they were just getting hammered by the storm. And so they're trying to lighten the load on the ship and throwing cargo overboard. Verse 19, on the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard. I mean, they need the ship ta ship's tackle, but they're getting so hammered by the storm, they even throw the tackle overboard. It says, with their own hands. Verse 20, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days. It was completely dark for many days. And the storm continued raging. We finally gave up all hope of being saved. And, and in life, the storms will rage. The storms will batter against our lives, against our ship. They can even cause our ship to start falling apart. We look at areas of our life, and they, they're just looking like they're falling apart. And, and there are times that, that we can even feel like we're just losing all hope. I'm just giving up hope. I don't see how this will ever work out. And what I want you to know is when you're in the midst of the storm and the storm is raging, don't give up. Pray. Don't give up. Pray. The men on the ship were about to give up, but I want you to notice verse 29. It says in Acts 27, verse 29, fearing that they would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for daylight. It had been dark for several days, and they prayed for daylight. That They prayed. That, and friends, here's what I want you to grasp. If you're going through a storm, pray. The winds are blowing, pray. If the waves are crashing against your ship, pray. James wrote this in James chapter 5 and verse 13. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. If you're in trouble, pray. If your finances are in trouble, pray. If your body is in trouble, pray. If your marriage is in trouble, pray. If your children are in trouble, pray. If your career is in trouble, pray. If your relationships are in trouble, pray. If life is falling apart, pray. 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 You see, prayer brings hope. Prayer brings encouragement. Prayer brings strength. Prayer brings courage. Prayer brings Peace. I taught you last week, God doesn't always calm the storm, but he always calms his child. When we pray, it's not in your notes, it's not on the screen, it's just in my heart. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, don't be anxious for anything, but in everything by prayer and by supplication, let your request be known to God. And then the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. When you pray, God brings supernatural peace, but it happens when you pray in the midst of the storm. And understand that God answers prayer. God answers prayer. Notice back in Acts 27, verse 39, it says this, when daylight came. When daylight came. Remember, it was, it was dark. It had been dark for several days, and they prayed for daylight. And verse 39 says, when daylight came, God answered their prayer. Listen, the storm didn't stop. I want you to grasp that. That's so key to understand. The storm didn't stop. 
But yet in the midst of the storm, they prayed for daylight, and God began to move in the midst of the storm. They began to see the handiwork of God in the midst of the storm. And when you pray in the midst of your storm, I'm not telling you, I'm, I'm not telling you God is just going to remove every storm out of your life. But can I tell you what God will do if you will pray in the midst of the storm? God will begin to move and to work in the midst of your storm. God will show up in the midst of your storm. Pastor, I'm in the middle of a storm. I'm going through trouble. How do I survive? Pray. 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 Number two is this, as we look at this text and learn how to survive, get some survival strategies in the midst of the storm. Number two is stay on the ship. Stay on the ship. Notice Acts 27 verse 30. It says, in an attempt to escape from the ship, or I would call it, I would say this, the terminology I would use would be jump the ship. They were going to jump from the ship. It says the sailors let the lifeboat down into the sea, pretending they were going to lower some anchors from the bow. So, so they were pretending they were going to lower the anchors, but they were lowering the lifeboat. They were thinking, man, this storm is crazy. We're getting off the ship. And they were, they were pretending to lower the bow, but they were trying to get the lifeboat down. They were going to jump into the lifeboat. Verse 31 says this, Then Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, Unless these men stay, unless these men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. Now, it's interesting as you study this text. The, the, these men prayed in verse 29, and now by verse 30, they're ready to jump the ship. Now, they prayed for God to intervene in verse 29, but, but by verse 30, they had given up, and they were going to jump out the boat. You know, as I was studying this, it, it just made me think about us, because, because the, the, these men had, had prayed, and, and they were going to jump out the boat, and the interesting thing is this, if they would have prayed in verse 29 and jumped out the boat in verse 30, they would have never experienced verse 39, and that God answered their prayer. If they would have got impatient with God and jumped out the boat just because they didn't see God show up quick enough, they would have never, they would have never made it to the land on broken pieces. They would have never experienced the mighty hand of God. They would have never seen the daylight of God if they would have prayed in verse 29 and not held on until verse number 39. And oftentimes that can be us. We pray in the midst of our storm, and then God doesn't show up as quick as we want him to show up. And then you and I, you know what we have a tendency to do? We have a tendency to try to jump ship. Well, God, I don't see you showing up in my storm. You're not showing up quick enough. You're not doing what I want you to do quick enough. And then we don't ever experience verse 39 because we jump ship. And you have to learn to stay on the ship. Don't jump ship in the middle of your storm. Listen, some of you are trying to jump ship. Listen, don't stop praying in the middle of the storm. That's jumping ship. Don't stop reading your Bible in the middle of the storm. That's jumping ship. Don't stop attending church in the middle of the storm. That's jumping ship. Don't stop attending your small group in the middle of the storm. That's jumping ship. Don't stop tithing in the middle of the storm. That's jumping ship. Don't stop worshiping in the middle of the storm. That's jumping ship. Don't bail on your marriage in the middle of the storm. That's jumping ship. Don't commit suicide and give up on life in the middle of the storm. Don't quit college in the middle of your storm. Don't stop start start charging your credit cards again. And I know you got to find financial plan, and it's not turning around quick enough. You want to get out of debt now, but don't start charging the credit cards again. Stick with the plan. Don't jump ship. Don't give up on your child, even though you don't see anything happening in the natural. You don't see their life changing. Don't jump ship. Stay on the ship and ride 
out the storm. Trust God. Trust God. Listen, sometimes it takes more faith to stay than it takes to leave. You got to learn to stay on the ship. You got to learn to trust God. You got to learn to ride out the storm. Listen, you have to learn to completely abandon yourself to God and his plan. Get rid of your backup plans. Stay on the ship. Stay on the ship. Notice what it says in Acts 27, verse 32. Such a powerful text. Verse 32 says this. So the soldiers cut the ropes that held the lifeboat and let it drift away. Paul said, listen, guys, you better stay on the ship. And I love this. It says they cut the rope and let the lifeboat drift away. That they got rid of their backup plan and completely abandoned themselves to God. I mean, it'd been one thing to say, yeah, okay, Paul, thanks. We're going to stay on the ship. Keep them lifeboats around, though, y'all, just in case. Just in case God doesn't show up. We got a plan. He said, no, no, okay, God says stay on the ship. There's no backup plan here. Cut the lifeboats. We're trusting completely in God and his plan in the middle of the storm. We're going to ride out the storm with God. And some of you need to cut the ship, cut the ropes, let the ship go. Listen, trust God, trust his plans. You have to learn to fully abandon yourself to God and his plans. Stop plotting and planning your backup plans and trust God. Stop the foolishness and trust God. Stop trying to play God. And start trusting God in the midst of the storm. Cut the lifeboat and stay on the ship. I believe God is telling some of you today. All of our locations, Mabel Bassett, God, God's talking to some of you specifically today. And he's saying to some of you, don't quit. Don't, don't give up. Don't throw on the towel. You're not going to make it to your destination if you don't stay on the ship. Stay on the ship. Come on, tell two people, everybody participate. Come on, find two people and just tell them, stay on the ship. Come on, guys, just tell them, stay on the ship. Stay, stay on the ship. Stay on the ship. Stay, you're not going to make it if you don't stay on the ship. You're talking about how much faith you got to leave. It don't take, uh, listen, sometimes it takes more faith to stay. Stay on the ship. Stay on the ship. Cut the lifeboats and stay on the ship. How do you survive the storm? Stay on the ship and trust God. Number three is this. Number three is this. Four survival strategies while in the midst of the storm. Number, number three is this. Be still and chill. Every once in a while, the prolific, profound rapper comes out of me every once in a while. Be still and chill. I want you to notice the text there in Acts 27, verse 33 says this. Just before dawn, Paul urged them all to eat. He urged them all to eat. Notice this. For the last 14 days, he said, you have been in constant suspense. You have just been toiling. You've been losing your mind, the ship, the waves, the thunder, and you've just been constant, just in turmoil. And he says, and you have gone without food and haven't eaten anything. Haven't eaten anything for 14 days. Verse 34, he says, now I urge you to take some food. You need it to survive. Not one of you will lose a single hair from his head. Paul says in the midst of the storm, you've been in constant suspense. 
You've been in panic mode. You've been just trying to run around. You've been throwing cargo over the board. You've been throwing the tools over the board. You've been trying to cut the lifeboat. I mean, you have been in constant. You've been running night and day. You haven't even eaten anything. Just, just constant panic mode. And Paul says, hey, guys, hey, guys, hey, guys, be still and chill. Get something to eat. Take a break. Get some rest. This is for somebody today. Stop panicking. I know you're in your storm. Stop panicking. Panicking isn't going to stop the storm. Be still and chill. Get some rest. Hear your pastor today. Worry, panicking, freaking out, wigging out, acting like a fool isn't going to change anything. Worry, worrying and panicking is useless. It, it doesn't make anything better. Jesus addresses this in Luke chapter 12 and verse 25. Who of you by worry, worrying can add a single hour to your life? Jesus said, your worrying is useless. Your worrying can't even add another minute to your life. He goes on to say this, since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Why are you worrying and panicking and, and losing your mind and freaking out when that, that, that won't change anything? Matter of fact, worrying and panicking, all it does is produce bad in your life. It doesn't produce anything good. I mean, you go online and Google, you can look medically it. It doesn't, doesn't do anything, but, but it does cause bad when you stress and you're panicking. You're always worried. It, it affects your body. It affects your health, but it doesn't produce anything good in your life, and you have to learn to be still and trust God in the midst of a storm. The psalmist said it like this in Psalms 46 and verse 10. He says, be still and know that I am God. You know, I think all of us from time to time have to do that in the middle, middle of a storm. Because I think sometimes we try to play God. And in the midst of your storm, you have to learn to be still and say, I'm not God. I would love to be God and control that and stop that and do that and make that and stop the wind and stop the light. I would, I, but I'm not God. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth and in the midst of the storm be still and trust God get some food get some rest get some sleep come on that, that, that's for somebody today because you hadn't slept in a while I'm laying in bed all night it's like you're God I'm gonna stay up all night I'm up all night I'll fix it no you're not God go to sleep go to sleep you need about seven eight hours because all it's doing, you're, a little, you're just more irritable. We don't even like being around you. Sleep. Please, sleep. Get some rest. Get some food. Get some food. Because you're more irritable. You're just, it's not helping. Get, get some food. Be still. Re quit panicking. Get, that's a word for somebody. Be still and know that he is God. Because listen, if you can get some rest in the middle of the storm, if you can be still in the middle of the storm, being still and knowing that he is God and getting some rest, getting some sleep can bring encouragement to your life in the middle of your storm. Check this out, Acts 27, verse 36. It says, they were all encouraged and ate some food for themselves. They were encouraged in the midst of a storm. You have to understand that in the middle of a storm, you are panicking, you're trying to throw stuff over the board, you haven't eaten in 14 days, you're running around, you're trying to cut the lifeboat off, Ah! 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 And all of a sudden, Paul says, be still, chill, get some food, 
and they brought encouragement to their life. And I'm telling you, if you can learn to be still when the wind is blowing, the thunder is roaring, the lightning is flashing, and you can calm yourself and say, you're God, I'm not. I trust you in the middle of the storm. Be still and chill. Number four is this. What is the fourth survival strategy in the midst of the storm? Number four is praise God in the storm. Praise God in the storm. Notice this in Acts 27, verse 35. After he said this, he took some bread, this is Paul, and gave thanks to God. Now, I I love this little phrase that's added in here. Gave thanks to God in front of them all. You know, what little private thanks like, God, thank you for the food. No, no, no. God, thank you for the food. Thank you, God, in front of them all. Then he broke it and began to eat. You know, you know, people are thinking, I mean, if you really don't know this God so closely and intimately, why are we in the storm? Because while you're praying, thank you, God, lightning, rain, shit falling apart. Thank you, God. Paul thanked God in the midst of the storm. Mature praise isn't just saying thank you, Jesus, when everything is good. Mature praise is saying thank you, Jesus, when everything is going bad. Anybody can praise God when it's going good. Anybody can. It doesn't take a depth. It doesn't take a maturity to say thank you, Jesus, when it's going good. You know, it's always interesting to me to watch television and maybe a celebrity win some type of award. A Grammy or some type of acting award, you know. A lot of them begin by saying, I just want to thank God. Even if they don't know God. Well, thank God. An athlete wins a championship, wins an MVP. A boxer knocks somebody out, gets millions of dollars. You know, they, you know, time to time, I've seen this thing. I just want to begin by saying thank, thanks to God. Anybody can thank God when they win the championship. Anybody can thank God when they win the award. Anybody can thank God when they got the millions of dollars. But mature praise. And it's when nothing is going your way and the storm is raging and beating against your ship and life is hard and life is difficult and you can say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. One of the major keys to surviving the storm is praising God. It's one of the major keys. Praising God through the storm. The psalmist said in Psalms chapter 42 and verse 11, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Or life can be hard. Why are you downcast so? Why so disturbed within me? And sometimes you're just disturbed and things are tough. But he says this put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God, yet praise him. David is going through a storm. He is going through str- trouble and, and a struggle. But he says, yet, I will praise God. And some of you need a yet praise in the midst of your storm. I'm going through trouble, yet, I praise you. My body is, is, is still filled with sickness, yet, Well, I praise you. My my relationship is still strained, yet. Well, 
people I praise. My, my career doesn't look like it's turning it around yet. Well, I praise him. My, my children still don't seem like they're getting an answer at or a breakthrough yet. Well, I praise you. Life seems to get harder instead of easier yet. Well, I praise you. The psalmist said in Psalms 34 and verse 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Can I get the worship teams from all the locations, all the campuses, would you come and join me? We're going to sing a song together. We're going to learn to praise God in the storm together. We're going to practice this message together today. I'll bless the Lord at all times. The psalmist said in Psalm 63, verse 4, I will praise you. No, no, hear me. No, don't get distracted by the worship team coming. Listen to this. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. In the midst of the storm, you need to yet will I praise you. And you need to learn to lift your hands to heaven and bless the Lord. I, I studied some this week. I've done it on numerous occasions. But I just studied some this week about the lifting of hands. I don't have time. I, I don't have time to teach you. I'll do it at another time. But just the significance and the importance of lifting our hands in worship, praising God. I was studying that this week and so many reasons why. And when we lift our hands and say, God, I trust you. I abandoned myself to you. God, I'm dependent on you. God, I surrender to you. God, I realize that I'm your child and you're my father. And I raise my hands to you and worship you. You know, my wife and I, we have four kids and four precious children, and they're getting a little older now. And I loved when they were small and how they would reach out for daddy. And now I didn't love when they were really, really small. I didn't, I didn't like all that baby pooping stage. Ah, change your own diaper. Change your own diaper. I don't have time. I didn't like that stage. But they got a little older. You know, I love my children. And, you know, sometimes they would get scared. You know, maybe somebody was scaring them. And, Daddy. Yeah. Sometimes they would be going through a struggle and maybe stub their toe and start crying. They lift their hand. They would lift their hands. Daddy, pick me up. Just pick me up, Daddy. Sometimes they're just throwing a fit and life just seems hard, you know. Three-year-old just... Hey. You know what I would do? I'd look at him and psych. You'll get over it. No, I never did that. My, my, my child was reaching out for their daddy. I need you. I'm scared. I'm in a, my own little storm. I need my daddy. And I'd pick my child up. I'd hold because I'm their child. I'm their daddy. I'd hold them. I'd love on them. Kiss them. Wipe their tears off their eyes because they're my child. And listen, he's your father. He loves you. Some of you need to learn to lift your hands to God. Say, I'm dependent on you. Oh, I know I'm 72, but you're still my father. I know I own my own business, but I need you. I know I have my own kids and even grandkids, but I have a father. 
I'm leaning on you. I, I have my own car to drive, and I look self-sufficient, and I look like I'm independent. But no, God, I'm really dependent on you. I need you. I trust you. I worship. You have to learn to do this in your own private time with God. I lift my hands, and I have a yet praise in the middle of the storm. You need to learn to come corporately. It doesn't matter if you like the song or not. It's God, I need you. I lift my hands. I'm dependent upon you. And you may not be comfortable doing that, but can I tell you, when you understand he's your father, and you lift your hands saying, God, I need you. I love you. I'm in the middle of a storm, yet will I praise you. Would you stand with me all around this building? Would you stand? 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 Come on, we're going to sing, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. Come on, would somebody just begin to call out to your Heavenly Father in all of our locations? Would you begin to worship Him? Would you maybe just lift your hands and say, God, I'm dependent on you. I trust you in the middle of my storm. You're my Father. I'm leaning on you. I'm not going to play God anymore. Come on, let's begin to sing this song right now. Come on, worship the Lord. Tom through Shannon. Give him your worry. Give him your stress. Give him your problems. Give him your trouble. Come on, give it to the Lord today. I give you my pain, my trouble, my struggle. I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. Lord. 